Hello and welcome once again to episode 44 of Code Completion. We are a group of iOS developers and educators hoping to share what we love most about development, Apple technology, and completing your code. My name is Dimitri and I'll be your host once again for this episode and I'm joined today by my fellow completionist, Spencer. Hey there. And Fernando. Hello, hello. So before we get into our main topic, it's time for our Indie App Spotlight. Today we are checking out Music Info by Jordan Hipwell, an iOS app with a single purpose, to provide you with the info and metadata about your music library. Unlike iTunes and Music on the Mac, Music on iOS doesn't tell you much about the songs you own. This isn't limited to information about the song, but also your own stats like play and skip count. Music Info gives you access to all of this and more, completing the experience for when you need that little bit of information. Music Info costs just a dollar on the iOS App Store, less than a dollar, 99 cents. Uh, So please be sure to support Jordan by downloading it today. Are you an indie developer? We want to hear from you. So please reach out to us on Twitter at CodeCompletion via DM so we can spotlight your app in the future as well. So it's been a while since we last discussed Apple in the news, and what better time than now? So the first topic we wanted to go over was Apple's recent endeavor to curb child abuse. Fernando, care to elaborate? Uh, sure. So uh, while while discussing this topic with uh, with the team, uh, and by that I mean Dimitri and Spencer, um, we briefly touched on it, um, and uh, I'm pretty sure most most of our listeners should already be relatively aware that Apple has done something about um, trying to curb child abuse. So I'll just give a They're quick going summary. Going to do something. They what? didn't do anything yet. They're well, going to do something. They they didn't do anything yet on on the current versions of iOS. Totally correct. They've already built it, though. But yeah, you're totally correct in that it's coming along. Um, And I don't think Apple's going to do anything to change it, but I'm hopeful. We'll see. Mm -hmm. But in general, what what I feel the the general gist of it is, is that um, Apple, unlike other, uh, like, photo providers, I would say, like Mm -hmm. Facebook, Instagram. Um, Facebook and Instagram, for example, have this technology where if you upload something into their servers, um, be it on a direct message or on your public timeline, they'll do a like an automated scan of it to know whether there's something bad in the photograph. And by bad, I think I'll, I'll only say this once, but it's something like child abuse photographs, right? Um, and so what... In that case, what the service provider does is if they detect like a, a match or something that's close to a match, they'll let the authorities know as far as I can tell. Um, and so Apple doesn't have that because of their privacy stance. And they don't want to begin scanning iCloud backups because that would go against their, again, their, their privacy stance. Noting, noting that your iCloud backups are not secure or encrypted, so they could, but they won't, right? They're not end-to-end encrypted. So they are encrypted at rest, but Apple does have the ability to decrypt them uh, if need be. So that's, right. that's the caveat there. Right, and, and that makes sense. And, and I, think, I think the important part of this topic is that it really depends on, on your measure of security uh, individually to know whether that is good enough for you or not, right? Um, but the issue is that, like like Dimitri said, even though Apple does have the uh, the encryption keys to actually get into your iCloud backup and your personal information, they they we we have to trust that they won't, right? They they they're telling us that they won't, and we're trusting them that they won't. However, this poses an issue for um, like the 
bad news, right? If someone uploads some bad material uh, into their own iCloud backup, Apple has no idea of that. So I don't think we know exactly why this initiative happened, but the initiative is that instead of Apple going into your backup and then just scanning your photos, what they'll be doing is if you upload a photo to your iCloud um, account, be it via photos or an iCloud backup, um, the photo will get scanned on the device against uh, known fingerprints, so basically hashes of photographs that are known to have uh, child abuse in them. So if Apple detects a match, they'll just add it to the tally, and the tally is, I think, up until like 30, they said? Um, around there, yeah. Around 30. They didn't want to give specifics for obvious reasons, right? But once it gets past that threshold, then they'll uh, go into a human scanning process where a human, someone at Apple, I assume, or someone that's off-sourced but contractually obligated to Apple will scan the images that have been um, matched and will either report that to the authorities or will just hopefully get some therapy after they've seen something. No, no, in this case, they would be innocent. So no therapy needed unless there's like some not great stuff. But anyway, uh, that's more or less the summary of, of it. And uh, there was a huge uproar. I tweeted some very angry tweets, uh, <laughs> made my part. Because uh, the issue is that um, contrary to what like Facebook does, where they scan the photos that are on their servers, Apple is scanning photos on your device, right? That are intended for its servers. So correct. If you turn off the if you turn off the feature that is not going to send it to its servers, they don't care. So that's a, that's a key point. That is correct. Um, however, and I think that's that's interesting, right? Isn't that sort of like who here has seen Minority Report? Mm-hmm. No, you haven't, Spencer. It's uh, without. No, sorry. It's okay. Without giving, like, spoiling a 20-year-old movie, uh, <laughs> it's basically uh, a world where there are three psychic people. I, I, like, it's like they stop the crime before it happens, right? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. I, that's I, the gist yeah. of it. Okay. That, yeah, that's the yeah, yeah, yeah perfect. That's a, that's a perfect summary. So that's I think that's uh, that's one of the things that people were not happy about, which is that they uh, Apple is scanning on their device their own personal photos, just like Dimitri said, photos that are intended to be sent to a backup. But then again, that creates a confusion of like I'm sending this to my own encrypted backup, uh, which is encrypted and should be secure but it is not secure in the name of protecting child abuse. And that's really what opened up a whole kind of worms with like, with, uh, with questions like, is this my device or is this Apple's device? Because Apple can do anything they want. Um, and they usually do, right? We, nobody complains when we get new features uh, via software update. But if they're starting to scan my own information, then that gets tricky but then like facebook already does that and like dimitri said those photos were already going to their servers so then what's the big deal um and on second place which is i think for me uh the real issue is that when apple scans these photos they're scanning them against a a table of hashes right so Mm -hmm. what's basically happening is uh, Apple doesn't have the actual child abuse images, nor does your device. 
So what they're doing is they're they're just basically uh, analyzing the photo using some interesting machine learning and AI technology that's way beyond my uh, my area of expertise. And then that outputs a string one two three. If your photo outputs the same string, then it's a candidate for a match. And if you go past thirty, then uh, someone gets to review that. But the issue is that uh, this puts the onus on the user to completely trust Apple uh, that they're doing the right thing, right? Uh, because who's to say that uh, a malicious actor or Apple themselves forced by another country just basically changes the table so that it scans for like uh, Tiananmen Square photos or uh, like whatever else, right? And so it starts squashing polit political dissidents. And just to finish my rant, I think that was to me like a huge, huge misstep because of the blatant lie that an Apple representative, I can't remember who it was, but it was like a senior VP, uh, when asked whether they would like uh, get requests from countries to modify that database, they said no. But then if China asks them to do that, will they say no? And I exactly. think they won't, right? Because China is already on the hook for like, I don't want to get too political on this, right? So I won't, I won't go all the way. But China's already on the hook for some very questionable things. As, as probably our old countries, not on that scale, but, but as probably our old countries. And so Apple's already like turning a blind eye on that because they're 100% dependent on China, right? So I think it's just like a horrible, horrible... Uh, misstep by Apple uh, in the name of child abuse. And I just, I, I hate to see that because I, I really, really trust Apple. But uh, it's like that Russian proverb, um, trust but verify. And we cannot verify at all anything. So I don't know. I just wanted to to just bring it up to, to the attention because I thought it was an interesting topic. Uh, but if you guys don't have like a strong opinions on it, we can just move along. From my side, it it's hard because you're on both sides, right? Of course, mm -hmm. child abuse is something terrible and you'd never want that to happen or, or have that be uh, facilitated. But at the same time, it, it's kind of in the name of our privacy, potentially. And like you said, um, China, you know, said, hey, we, we need everyone's iCloud information that exists in China, mm. in China, right? That's They've true. got their servers there. So exactly what you said, it's like, are they going to say no to China? Eh, they've already said yes to China once, right? They've, they've kind of already said, mm, no, that's fine. We'll, we'll throw us, you know, our, our servers in a data center somewhere in China. So uh, they've already kind of bent their knee one time. It seems like a little bit of a slippery slope where it could e very easily happen again. It's not only one time. I worked on VPNs for a long time. Uh, VPNs aren't allowed on China and on Russia. And oh, that's right. just because Apple has to follow the law uh, from, from where they operate. And they operate in China. So Chinese law says no VPNs. Chinese law says uh, you got to hold uh, the actual accounts on Chinese servers. And I don't know. It's just it's, it's really an interesting position way beyond the technology and way beyond like the child abuse issue of like transcontinental companies, right? 
their ultimate purpose is to make money. It isn't to, to be a social force of change, be it positive or negative. It's to make money. So, I don't know. It's just frustrating that we're at this point and there's really nothing to do other than discuss it with you guys. <laughs> I think it's, it's worth also remembering, and I think John Syracuse of ATP brought this up uh, and most succinctly, if a government wants you to do something, they can make you do that thing. There's no, like, yep. Apple didn't open a can of worms by introducing this feature. If China wanted them to add this feature and that was the only way to put phones in China, this feature would exist. Uh, and that's that's really all there is to it. If the NSA told Apple, hey, you need to add a private uh uh, scanning thing for these three users and yep. it must be in the next version of iOS, guess what? It's in the next version of iOS. There's nothing Apple can do other than drag their feet uh, to not comply with that. Um, so I don't think... There's a whole ton of like people saying that Apple opened up a can of worms with this. I don't think that's really the case. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, this is for stuff that's intended for their own servers anyways. They're just choosing to do it on device. And an obvious like conclusion to why are they doing it on device and not on their own servers? Well, maybe they don't expect their servers to really see the raw bits uh, for very much longer. And they're like paving the way to get rid of any excuse that the FBI or our local governments uh, might have with regard to why can't we access the data? One of the big ones is, oh, think of the children. And now they can't (laughs) use that excuse anymore uh, because Apple's taking some preventative measure uh, against that so it's worth it's worth thinking about that a lot of people uh, myself included have brought up on twitter saying like what's the point of apple playing vigilante here uh, by reporting people they could just right. deny the possibility for those images to ever like land in in a photo library totally for one um like in terms of hashes yes uh these are matching very specific images it's not like a random picture will match these in fact the chance of a random picture not manipulated in any way matching one of these images is near impossible however you can manufacture any image to match a hash of one of these images by cleverly manipulating it um so it is possible for things to actually uh go ahead and match a specific hash and if you wanted to target people in this way you could do it um now however apple is using a different uh, algorithm to verify the images before human even sees them. So you would have to have a hash that matches both the algorithm that's on your phone and a very different algorithm that's on Apple servers before it even gets to a human to be reviewed and then potentially uh, forwarded to authorities and stuff like that. So I would say Apple's done a pre- a relatively good job at preventing the system from being abused too much. And they are putting enough stop gaps in place. For instance, the human reviewers are not looking at full resolution images of potentially like harmful image. Like you don't want to be looking at these things 24 uh, seven. But if it's tiny little thumbnails and you can tell at a glance, uh, this is probably problematic and this is not, which us humans are very good at. Uh, that is less likely to have like a lasting impact than a full, a full image that no one wants to be seeing. Um, and finally, this is this like database is there to prevent the circulation of a, like images that are already out there. Yep. These aren't new images of child abuse. These are uh, images of existing victims that we essentially want to put a stop to. We don't want it to keep circulating. Uh, so these databases exist. 
Um, and the fact that we can automatedly check for these sorts of things, I'd say is a good thing for society in general. Now, all technology can be put against society, uh, and it has been actively in certain cases versus others. Uh, so it's like, where do we draw the line? Do we just say no technology and be done there? Um, or do we have a very fine, like, uh, very detailed line in the sand that we try to draw for ourselves and say like, oh, this is okay versus this is not. Um, it's, it's definitely something that we have to bring up uh, at every level in different countries and make laws to actively prevent, protect certain use cases versus others. And that's, I think, ultimately what it comes to. As a developer, I say no to technology. Please don't. <laughs> Just, yeah. Just burn it all. Yeah. <laughs> no, there was a really good... Uh, there was a really good phrase I, I read uh, that was like, we should make a law where if some company wants to introduce new technology like this, <clears throat> they go to the writers of Black Mirror and they ask them to write an episode with that technology. If the company doesn't like the episode, then they shouldn't push the technology <laughs> into the world. They didn't, I, they didn't think too far. <laughs> they didn't think too far of the bad, of the bad uses. But you're right. I think I think in general, Apple has done the best they could. It's mm -hmm. just that uh, constantly, like I have no, I have zero. Um, per, uh, how can I say this? I have zero expectations of privacy when I open uh, Instagram or Facebook. I, neither of which I have. But you should have zero expectation of privacy. Right. And my device, I have the highest level of expectation of privacy because Apple has told me again and again that my device is private. And this feels like a betrayal. It's not if you analyze it, but, but it does feel like, oh, you get to see my data. And I think that's where Apple made a mistake in just the messaging of it. I don't know mm -hmm. how they, they could have improved it, but, but just like, yeah, I don't know. That, yeah. That's actually what I wanted to get to, and I kind of forgot my train of thought. Um, <laughs> there's actually a law in the U.S., and that's, this is the part I found surprising. Uh, for instance, why couldn't Apple just prevent these very specific images from landing in a photo library? Yes, if you resize and scale and filter them, they're not going to be detected. We can't catch everything. But right. for the, the obvious ones, like, no, it's not going to let you save it from Safari into your photo library. And we've actively prevented one little thing. Now, unfortunately, the law states that if you know uh, child abuse has happened, oh. you must report it. Mm, so right. Apple is unfortunately cornered into if they know, meaning their algorithm has detected a potential case of child abuse, they must report it. And this is kind of where they found uh, a decent, a decent um, set of trade-offs where they don't have to report everything, like up until 30 cases, um, that should cover most false positives, but they do have to report it once it goes further than that, which explains, one, why this is specific to the U.S., because the U.S. is the one with the law that says you have to report it. Um, so, again, I don't know like where this is going to go. As you both said, China already has access to all the iCloud accounts in China. They can scan these images as is. They don't need this new technology to do so. Um, and... It's not specific to backups. Like if you turn off the iCloud photo library, but you still have backups, your images are not being scanned for that. However, up until now, if you use uh, iCloud email and stuff like that, all of that has been scanned um, like actively. And that's presumably where the 200 cases that Apple reported last year uh, likely came from. 
uh, it's because they have been scanning uh, email. But I hate to say it, email is not encrypted anyway. So like none of that, um, like none of that is very different than anything else. Uh, but as you said, Fernando, it feels like a betrayal that our device is like reporting us. Um, yeah, like and like my car's GPS doesn't report me when speeding. I don't speed. I don't even have a GPS. Unless you own a Tesla, then they will. <laughs> what really? Yeah. So oh, there dang. were cases where people blamed the Tesla self-driving for like getting in an accident or running a red, and then Tesla went around and said, "No, like our car's log told us we didn't." Uh, do that so dang like this is a natural progression of technology it's not because tesla wants to sell that information either uh it's purely because they want to cover their uh pr and it yep. gives them weirder pr to deal with because then their cars is, are spying on you and stuff like that so who knows where this is gonna go i think it's good that the public discourse has taken an interest in combating its outright approval yep. without discussion um, like even this is a win in this case because it will slow down similar endeavors that may not have the best intentions uh, yeah. like put forth. And I I could easily see how Apple's trying to do this because they want to further lock down uh, iCloud in general and have all the backups and all of iCloud photos and everything on their servers be encrypted. They don't want to know what you have on there. But the only way for them to do that is to like play a game of negotiation with the u.s government and this is the card they chose to play and unfortunately it's sullied their name in other ways uh within our circles but again everyday people are not going to care um and that's all it comes down to uh in the end of the day which is unfortunate yep once again the developers are the lowest of the low <laughs> Which is an excellent segue into our second topic, <laughs> uh, which is hot off the presses, uh, Apple's decision to settle with U.S. app developers. I didn't even know we were, all U.S. app developers were suing Apple. I was, I was not aware, uh, but apparently we were, uh, and they decided to settle. So what changes can we look forward to, Spencer? Yeah, well, uh, now they're going to allow app developers to accept payment uh, from third parties. So Apple doesn't get a cut if you choose to do that. Um, there were some interesting things and I really haven't looked into it a ton. I just saw this like less than an hour ago, but correct me if I'm wrong here. Um, I think it's something that the users have to opt into. I'm not sure if that's something that is going to come in the form of like a system notification, like a system alert or something. Um, I was a little surprised by that specifically. In, for, in the first place, Apple has always allowed uh, apps to notify users. Always. This is just mm -hmm. a clarification, which is, right. of course, bullshit. But that's how they spin it. And uh, I am also in the same boat as you, Spencer. I have no idea what this actually means. Because <laughs> as we all know, the guidelines are... They're, they're like parley, right? Like they're yeah. more like guidelines; they're not strict rules, right? So yeah. I mean, nor are they says, nor are they legal less, right? It's not like legal yes. terminology that's hard to understand. It's super uh, like vague. Uh, yes. Like don't do this, okay? Yeah. Uh, it, it very much has that kind of connotation, like feel to it. I guess I should be clear here. Um, just based on the news article that I'm reading, it's saying that. Um, it's still pending court approval. This is like hours after, like we're recording this hours after this came out. 
So it's still, you know, pending approval and there's no date on when it's actually going to take effect here. So, you know, I don't know if that means a couple weeks or if it means the start of next year, right? I honestly don't know. I think it's immediate. Because they, like, from the press release, it seemed to be like they've already put it out there. And I don't think Apple would unless Hmm. they had, like, any other resource. Okay, l- let's go through these one by one because it's it's quite interesting how much they're saying they're doing versus how much they're already doing. Right. So the first one is uh, invalidation of the App Store small business program success. They're going to continue to maintain the program for at least three years. So this is the program where right. if you make less than a million dollars, you can keep 15% more of, uh, of the price that you set. Um, so... This is the price that you've always been able to set. They they like to clarify that like, they're not setting these prices, uh, which is what they got in trouble last time with the ebook stuff. So right. They need to say that. Right. Um, so this is not a change. They're just saying for the next three years is not changing. That's the new info. Right. Agreed. Okay. The next thing is App Store Search uh, is like a thing, and it is going to continue to be objective and not something that's going to be tweaked in Apple's favor. For the next three years. Again, this is exactly what it has been doing for the most part, uh, minus like a few hard-coded things for news or whatever uh, has come up. These are apps that are installed, but if you uninstall them, they wanted a way for you to get them quickly. Like that's the non-malicious way of reading into it. Um, And it has to stay stay non-competitive for the next three years. That's what this Mm -hmm. next paragraph is basically saying. Um, So that's also unchanged. Right. Um, to give developers more flexibility to reach their customers, Apple is clarifying that developers can use communications such as email to share information about payment methods outside their iOS app. This does not mean that they can, within the iOS app, accept payments via credit card. This just means that via email, you can tell your customers, hey, you can buy more credits online, uh, and those will apply to your account. Mm-hmm. Which has also been allowed right. up until now. Which, like, I don't know why Apple is going through this rigmarole or who these U.S. developers are because they screwed the pooch here. Um, this is not <laughs> I, useful to anyone. So I actually don't know. I think, I don't know if there's any case of a developer. Like, uh, I would have to look at the history of, of the guidelines, but I don't know if it was specific at some point that you couldn't buy things to get in-app features unless you were using the the in-app purchase so that was a very old rule and i know exactly which one you're talking about but it's been years since that has not been the case okay that makes sense. which is like i i don't know so during the epic court trial stuff what did come up was the first email that like that you send out immediately upon acquiring a customer via the ios app store cannot under any circumstance link to uh like purchase options and that was because apple gained you that customer like you don't get to skirt the rules completely uh and get out of it uh so long as like the customer has a chance to try the in-app purchase first that's apple's Mm -hmm. mentality around it i think the only thing this rule is clarifying is that even that first email like you can go ahead and tell them like you can purchase and wherever you want that's all it's really clarifying. Right. It's not saying much about, like, you can accept payment within the app. 
You can right. send also, links to your website from the app. Like exactly. none of that is included in here. That's that's what kind of blows my mind here. Looking at this now is, I thought there was going to be something that would say, "Hey, feel free to sign up for Netflix or whatever it is, uh, you know, inside of the app, and then take them to Safari or something." If it's all through an email, what's the point? Then Apple's still going to either get the money if it isn't already existing in app purchase, where people aren't going to know how to do it at, in the first place if it is online. So this is this is a tweet I just sent you guys a tweet oh. from a random user where I first saw the. Uh, um, actually, it's not a random user. Apparently, Benedict Evans, kind of a big deal because he has a blue check mark. Oh, he's verified. And 320,000 followers, so kind of big deal. <laughs> Worth more than ours. <laughs> yeah, combined. <laughs> uh, Multiplied. Times yeah. like 100 or so. <laughs> he, has, he has a screenshot of like the new guidelines, I guess. And it says that developers cannot use information obtained within the app to target individual users outside of the app to use purchasing methods other than in-app purchase. Which to me sounds contrary to what we've been saying. It says here, such as sending an individual user an email about other purchasing methods after that individual signs up for an account within the app. So basically, just like Dimitri said, you cannot just say, sign up to use the app. And when the user signs up, you send them an email saying, hello, you can purchase a plan here on my website. So apparently you cannot do that, which I think, I, I don't know. That's weird. It's very weird. It, so th this feels very much like everyone has found a, a workaround to Apple's in-app purchase thing, which right. is not really a workaround. It's super. It's tons of friction, uh, pain in the butt, but it is a workaround that ha like Apple can't do anything about, no matter what they want to do. Mm -hmm. uh, and they are basically saying, "Oh, by the way, like everyone, this workaround has always existed. Like you can't fault <laughs> us for." Uh, yes. like right. doing what we want to do and protecting our uh, bottom line um, for like no good reason. Like, come on, Apple. Um, so, but they've just clarified this workaround exists and you should know about it too. If you want to read our guidelines, we're never going to mention this again. Um, but then how, how would you communicate with a user outside of the app? Oh, okay. I see your point. So this goes back to what you were saying, Dimitri. If you got a new customer through Apple, mm -hmm. you cannot email them about other purchasing methods. Unless you ask them first, like, hey, is it okay for us to email you about, like, promotions and stuff like that? Mm. But it like, says here that, that you cannot use information obtained within the app to target individual users outside of the app. So if a brand new user opens up their... App Store randomly searches for an app, opens that app up, signs up. The developer can never tell them about other purchasing methods, right? So I think they can. It's just you, you are you are limited in how you can do so. One, you have to ask. You have to say to the user, "Hey, we want to send you marketing emails," and they need to say yes. That is a situation in which you can. If they say no to that, then you can't. Not that Apple has a way of verifying, uh, like, spam. Right. Um, so that that is, like, one avenue. The only clarification here, that which is different, is if, like, if the user did say yes, 
in the past it used to be that the first email like that blatantly upon creating an account you can't just go ahead and advertise your own thing um whereas here they're no longer making mention to that trying to like relieve the pressure because that came up in a court case and therefore it is now like on the radar of yeah. judges i guess <laughs> um so they're they're trying to scoot away from that mentality uh and onwards to like mm. hey if you're doing stuff yourself you can do whatever you want you have to build the, all that infrastructure which you would have had to build anyway so mm-hmm. uh it's not like a huge amount of difference uh for the regular joe schmo app developer this is a huge pita uh pain in the ass where you don't really want to go through this effort anyways and app purchase is already enough of a headache mm-hmm. uh so like it's not going to net you a huge difference in the amount of sales uh and Agreed. if you are a giant developer and you want to sell subscriptions outside of apple's control and you still have an app purchase but you want to also like have your own slice of the cake this is an option for you i guess um actually right, it doesn't even make it mention is, to is a lot right well we've it depends what you're doing bit. if if you own everything about the process then 30 percent is an arbitrary number right like it's not something that you are subdividing into other uh, legal agreements. If you are if you are distributing stuff that you don't own, then thirty percent is a huge amount because you wanted to just make two percent on that, and that's now impossible because like you have to already raise the price more than what the MSRP was. Um, so that's the difference here, and that's that's the honestly the group that is complaining the most about these in-app purchase rules are the ones that need to redistribute stuff that they don't own themselves uh, at the price that it is distributed everywhere else because they were just hoping to take a small chunk of the pie. And Apple said, we want a bigger chunk than even the original author uh, kind of thing. Well, Um, I would agree with you, but the company I worked for before I worked there had this huge issue where Apple wouldn't let them skirt around the, uh, the, the App Store rules. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. so it's it's not only about like Epic in this case. It's about several companies that own the whole stack. Like for instance, I used to work at One Second Every Day, and I'm I'm sure they would love 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 to stop paying thirty percent to Apple because they own everything. They own their own infrastructure. They have their own client base. They have their own app. So that would be like an insane immediate thirty percent bump if theoretically they could turn every single customer away from in-app purchases but but i think it's just like you said this was an obscure thing that apple saying well go ahead go right ahead and now that that it's out there i i could see some developers going through the uh through the additional work because even if you can get like an additional 10 15 that's an insane amount i guess mm-hmm. for some companies i mean I mean, in in the case of Basecamp, they were trying to use additional uh, existing, um, how should I say, the strategies that other apps have like blatantly showed off. Yes. Um, and tried to do that without making a fuss about Apple's 30%. In fact, they didn't even mention it until Apple started being kind of an asshole about... Uh, <laughs> having well that's what they that's it's what true, they're being it's true. like i'm yeah. sorry spencer you might need to beep everything or remark this as explicit <laughs> or maybe that's not even that bad of a word nowadays i don't know um <laughs> but 
but like honestly what like they they're they were not doing anything practical by preventing Basecamp from having their app which you needed to sign up for the only difference that came out of this is Basecamp now has a free trial option within the app that amounts to nothing really um and you still need to go online to make a proper account and all that and app purchase is still out of the question am i incorrect in saying that no you're correct so that 30 percent never had anything to do with this if Basecamp also had a 30% option in app, uh, not a, an in-app purchase option in the app, then that 30% is significant compared to the price that they have online. But if they don't have a price online, you don't have anything to compare it to, so they can potentially just rise their markup by 30% to make back that difference. Like if there's no existing price that has been set, you That's can true. do whatever you want. But and, like that, and, that is an important thing to, to ma- mention. I agree. I agree. And uh, luckily, I can. I think I can speak freely about this because I didn't work there with, while this happened. Um, but I, I do think, and, and yeah, that's the disclaimer. I have no insider information about this. Uh, but I do think that 30% was the driving factor behind like going through the Netflix route, right? Netflix allows you to sign in and doesn't get the 30% uh, tax. So mm-hmm. what, what I believe Basecamp was doing was just basically going, all right, you know what? Uh, we won't have enough purchases. We'll just let the user sign up and then we'll notify them later via email, just like this, I think, uh, that they could sign up for the full thing or they can go here and pay us. But the app wasn't even able to do that. They weren't, I think that's, yeah, that's, that's a, a decent tangent to, to another really point that really pisses me off about the developer guidelines, you can't even tell the customer that it's not your fault, it's Apple's fault that they cannot sign up, right? Basecamp cannot go and say, well, we would love for you to sign up, but Apple won't allow us to sign you up here. Please go to uh, hey.com, right? You can't even say that. That's against the rules. And, well, the guidelines, apparently. Uh but it's super frustrating that all of this is like divination, basically. Like, oh yeah, Netflix can do it, but you cannot. Oh yeah, sure, you've always been, we've always been at war with uh, Southeast Asia or whatever the the meme is. Uh, I don't so, know. <laughs> so Netflix, Netflix never really, uh, they've settled into not either even telling Apple like their users either. They said, sorry, you can't do anything about this, and that was the end of that. But Netflix is like a big brand name. Like people right. know to go to Netflix.com. Yeah. In fact, you can very easily influence this process by just putting a little .com next to your brand every single time it comes up. And then everyone knows they can go to Netflix.com. Um, so yep. th- there are yep. ways of doing this. And I'm reminded of what Panic was doing for Transmit um, when they needed to move uh, users over from the App Store, the Mac App Store version to a private license to get additional oh. features. They basically set up an email that said, "Hey, like if like you can't do anything about this, please contact support." So if you <laughs> contact that email, it will automatically like it doesn't even check what you're saying. It will automatically uh, reply with, "Hey, uh, by the way, you can get a transmit via this like using App Store's rules basically." Uh, saying like, hey, if they consent to an email, you can basically send them whatever you want. Yeah. Um, and that has more or less been fine. It's like a weird workaround. Like, again, it's a collection of weird workarounds, which is not good for Apple's platform in the long run. There shouldn't be workarounds for all these things. Like, Apple should 
just support proper flows that users are going to want to take. Yeah, uh, and exactly. be it's... as forthcoming as possible. And that will guess what win user like comfort using your stuff. Like I don't want to use someone's uh, pr- like self built credit card processing for a game. I will never in a thousand right. years touch that. <laughs> but if it's an in app purchase for two dollars, easy. Like I can I can drop those two dollars if I'm curious about something in a game, even if it's spammy, even if it's collecting uh, gold diamonds or whatever the the mechanic is. Uh, it's something that's within my control because I know how to immediately cancel it. Yeah. Uh, a credit card? Mm-mm. Not, not going to trust that for some random thing, just like I won't trust it for some random website. Like, if a website says, oh, we do commerce, here's our shop, uh, here's this cool thing you want, I'm not going to trust purchasing something on that website. Sorry, my my web hygiene has taught me yeah. otherwise. Um, like, don't put your credit card on random websites. Like, people are not going to... Not everyone. A lot of people will trust you. Um, and and they'll lose their credit card numbers. But not everyone will. And, uh, like, Apple, like, cater towards the people that are paranoid, please. And you'll always get our money. And yeah. that is probably the majority of people that buy Apple products to begin with. Um, I, I, I agree 100% with what you said. <laughs> There's another another image in that tweet that I send you. Uh, it, it's a thread that says this only applies to U.S. developers. Okay, <laughs> where the law has been placed. Jeez. Yeah. We go back. Yeah. But circle. there's no change. There's no change. That's why we get. <laughs> exactly. It's so true. Looking at this, there's almost nothing new to this. It's just like, okay, we've said, yes, yeah, so it'll keep going for the next three years. It'll, you know. So, but wait. It says here Apple will also remove the prohibition against US developers using information obtained within their apps to communicate with their customers outside their apps about the use of in-app purchase. Subject to yeah. consumer consent and opt-out safeguards. So it was forbidden. Yes, that's what I said. In in the court case, they laid clear that like they don't want that happening. And I think that was a something they didn't necessarily want to publicly admit to. But right. because they publicly admitted to it in a public court hearing, uh, that caught the eyes of... Whoever was listening at that point in time, enough to like make a point that they need to rescind that particular uh, rule. So that, because it's it's baloney. Like there's I, I no agree. way around it. So what what happens if you're like on the sign up screen and it says sign up for marketing and you opt out, uh, you sign up for your account, and then you get an email saying thank you for opting out. Here is how you can buy the product. <laughs> <laughs> it's like. Fernando, I have one better for you. If you uncheck the the sign up for marketing, the button dims. It doesn't get disabled. <laughs> it just dims. Oh so everyone gosh. just assumes it's these disabled. Are some, these are some dark patterns going on here. But and yeah, I agree. And it sucks. And no, I, I, okay. And that's the thing is Apple just shouldn't exactly. even need us to do this. Exactly. It's it's so, so much friction. I, I don't even care about the friction for me. I care about the friction for for the... The users, like, that's who we're making the apps for. Like Dimitri said, if we have, even if you decided to do multiple payment options and they let you um, charge more in the app store for the people that are just like, convenience is, you know, convenience over the amount that I'm paying, great. Use, you know, the in-app purchase option. Otherwise, send them to, you know, a Stripe checkout or something. But alas... Yeah, no, I I agree a hundred percent. It just uh, 
it's ridiculous that Apple is making all of these rules that you have to play around just yeah. to, to get a level. Of- and and it's not for the customer. Like exactly. If, if these rules were for the customer, they would be the following. Like if you want to put your own purchase stuff in the app, you also have to put in app purchase and it has to be the same price. Therefore, it's for the customer. Like me, a customer, never going to trust the credit card thing, but will do the in-app purchase. Yeah. Now, if the in-app purchase is 10 times as expensive, eh, all of a sudden I'm being motivated to go with the cheaper option and therefore compromise my credit card number or whatever. Um, that should not be allowed. Like I'm going to side with Apple there. That seems completely reasonable Agreed. from a customer's point of view. Um, similarly, if you don't want to do that, then don't put any purchase thing stuff in the app. But allow the developer to say, hey, go visit our website. Here's a button. Exactly. It will push you to Safari. Just a and button. That's it. Like, that... even if there's no button, if it's just text that says pushing sure. you to Safari, like, you need to go to just this Just to give URL, them an inkling of fine. what to do. Mm-hmm. But, but, yeah. but even, even but if we're going all that, if we're going down that route, why would you even send the customer away, right? If, if it's yeah, already... you don't want to do that. What? You don't want to send the customer away, right? Like they're going to forget to come back to your app. They're going to be uninterested. But but if if Apple allowed you to do that, what's from from like allowing you to do the whole flow on the app? Like there's yeah, no I benefit guess. to the Good customer, point. right? It's only mm-hmm. a a uh, disadvantage for the app developer. Because yeah. if if the customer is already going through that funnel, then just like you said, Dimitri, you may lose the customer at any point in time. Whereas if they were in the app it's much less likely that you would lose them. And that's a decision, that's a politically motivated, well, I don't know if political is the right word, but that's a decision, a policy decision by Apple, right? And so it's like, why? Is it just, I don't know, yeah, I I just remembered. I think it's it's because of the money, 100%. Uh, There was during the Epic trial, uh, there was an email by Phil Schiller saying, hey, uh, we're charging 30% uh, as a cut. But the App Store is nearing a billion dollars in revenue per quarter. Should we go down to 15%? And that was like eight years ago. I think the the App Store, what, uh, generates 15, 16 billion in revenue now? So it's like, come on, dude. I mean, it's all about the bottom line. And this is so on Apple, I guess. Well, it's also not honestly made money. Does that make sense? It feels almost like dirty money. Based on how it's made, I don't know. Yeah, it's Maybe only one billion out of the fifteen billion is dirty. Like if you actually went and looked, and most of it uh, is legitimate of people buying gold and diamonds. I don't know, um, <laughs> but like a lot of them are of these weekly sponsorship, like uh, not sponsorships, weekly um, subscriptions. Subscriptions. That's oh, the word. Right. Uh, that are like fifteen dollars a week. Yeah. Like for a sleep timer. A hundred. That is that is a huge problem, and there are plenty of people like pointing out like, hey, on the top charts there are these seventeen scams within the top fifteen. Yeah. Uh, so like nothing makes sense there. Apparently Apple's cracking down on a whole lot more. So maybe these are just the ones filtering through the cracks. So we have no idea. Does not matter though. Like I think that. The fact that Apple is earning money in this way should be sh- like perceived as shameful from their point of view because it hurts their customers. Like if people are falling for these traps and they're like, "I don't really like why am I trusting Apple?" Like if I were going to fall for these traps, I would be fine on Android and I get my fancy font that I can have system wide and I'm happier there. And side loading like, apps. 
Yeah. yeah. Well, which is apparently a huge pain. <laughs> like on Android, <laughs> it's such a huge pain that no one does it. Right. Um, but it's allowed, and therefore they can, I guess, not really skirt anything since Google's in the same trouble. Uh, so it doesn't really matter. Maybe that's why Apple's not even going down that <laughs> rabbit hole, because it, it never mattered. I don't know. But you bring up a good point. Like, it's all about making money. And clearly, uh, if you if you go down to the bottom of this press release, they say launching the News Partner Program, where if yeah. you are part of News Plus and you do all the things that we want you to do in your app where you control your experience and your spying process, uh, you can also get 15% instead of 30%, um, which is like, it's a negotiation tactic, yes. But it is also there to make more money for News Plus, um, which again... Like Apple, it's great that you want to push these services and stuff. Uh, push services that are actually useful to and working for your customers rather than strong arming a bunch of partners into doing the one, things that you want. Maybe they don't have much ability to strong arm news developers since they're succumbing to lowering <laughs> the percentage in their apps. I don't know. Uh, but it, it feels petty. And yes. I think everyone everyone sees it. Like yeah. customers see it, uh, your partners feel it. It's it's all around. And I'm sure the people who work at Apple they feel it too. Um, and yes, you might be getting more money this way, but you're also losing money by losing customers uh, in the long run. And I don't know how best to to tell you that. <laughs> I think you said it pretty well. Yeah, it's just penny like, pinching. It's like the removal mm-hmm. of the uh, charging blocks from the iPhone cases, like. Sure, uh, most of your customers are going to be repeat customers and you already have like a charging block. That makes sense. But it's like, it's, I can't, if, if it's not a repeat customer, you can't use your phone. You have to plug it into your computer instead of like having it on your nightstand. And it's just, I don't know. I don't know. That's a tangent. Sorry. I'm just ranting because I'm angry. <laughs> I think- I, yeah, that, there are ways to do that properly. Go ahead, Spencer. Oh, no. Um, Sorry. Kind of just to go back, it just, especially after reading the actual um, press release from Apple, these are just platitudes. It's like nothing is actually happening. Um, I was, I I woke up from a nap and I saw the headline. I was stoked. And now I'm like, this is all ruined for me. There's, there's like nothing (laughs) that's changed. Um, I mean, much less talking about a third-party app store we're we're not even you know close to that hopefully we we get to the point where you know everything that's kind of been brought up in in all of these court cases with apple get talked about and i think it's better than nothing that these things are getting talked about but at the same time it's just apple is being such a spoiled child about everything that's happening (laughs) that they just don't want to let go of their toy and it's just ridiculous. And they're the biggest richest child on the in exactly. the country. Yep. Not even the playground, just the nope. country. They they don't want to share and it's it's petty. It's so petty. What did, I mean, they're just going to go stick more money in their vault in Ireland and let it sit and rot. That's all. I mean, going with what you said Fernando about the charging block, they could have had an option where you perceive that you save $5 by saying, I don't want the charging block. Yeah. And then you feel good about saving the environment. Apple still makes more money because it didn't cost $5. Um, and you see your price of your phone go from 699 to 695 And you feel good about that. 
And that makes everyone win. The customer feels good about it. Apple feels good about it. The environment feels good about it. Or even like, saying, go to an Apple store and we'll give you a free block. Right. For the people yeah. that want right. one. Like, that mm-hmm. would be annoying, but okay, I get I get it. That's fine. Yeah, and, and, the, and the, everyone else is guilt-tripped into not asking for the free block because you already have 17 of them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> totally fine. <laughs> like, I don't want another free block. Like, I agree. Like, that's a good idea, Apple. Um, but they chose to not do that. They chose to still have... I think they lowered the price of their block, which is nice. It used to be, like, outrageously expensive. $30? Now it's just expensive. Yeah. Um, so, like, there's a lot of these little paper cuts that apple has been inflicting upon themselves i don't think this coming out on a thursday is probably to hide it to be honest like hey look at the headline the headline's good look at the headline <laughs> yeah especially yeah. people u.s lawmakers yep. look at the headline yep. um that's who this is geared towards it's not geared towards us we're gonna outcry uh this is going to turn into bad pr most likely um because anyone who reads any bit of it is going to notice the bad PR. There's some good PR in this. Apple will establish a fund to assist small U.S. developers, uh, particularly those who have made less than a million dollars total between 2015 and 2021, which, Spencer, high five. We're going to be helped out as small U.S. developers. Yes. Oh, by the way, this also... I don't also, know how they're going to help us out. This also encompasses 99% of developers, so have fun trying to be one of the developers that gets a part of this fund. Yeah. Whatever the fund is, it doesn't even say. Like, if the fund is just, like, guaranteed features, if you meet, like, a a minimum of uh, features in your app, like, awesome. Please, Apple, more of this. This is good. Yeah. Uh, But it's not that. No. We have no idea what it is. There's going to be details (laughs) in a future date. Um, Sorry, Spencer, we're both white and male, so we're both out. um, Yeah, that's all right. Regardless, (laughs) Um, which, like, in all honesty... It's better for other people to be able to take advantage yeah, of this. We don't need it. For sure. Um, it's just unfortunate that that is, like, how they're ending this on, like, a good note. Um, I hope this gets some more, like, publicity so that way Apple can concentrate on it legitimately and not try to hide it as, like, okay, fine, we're going to do something good with all this uh, negativity with the U.S. developers. Right. I don't even know who these U.S. developers are. I'm mad at them because they did a poor job. <laughs> oh my we serve at the behest of the king I think that's that's it sadly it's more like a dictatorship <laughs> well kings weren't known to be like very democratic so maybe the same thing that's at fair. least with European kings you had a moment to be democratic when the last king died and the new king was coming up you could choose that the new <laughs> king is no good at that moment only. If you don't rise up at that moment, you're stuck with the new king. That's but basically you Apple have... right now, right? <laughs> the last king comes in, sees the previous king, and they go like, I've always been pro-democracy. The monarchy has always served the people. <laughs> and you're like, that's perfect. I want more of that. Yes, you wait yes. 10 years, and then you pillage. Uh, <laughs> and then there's n- <laughs> nothing you can do. At yeah. least three years. You wait at least three years. At least three Well, years. hey, a lot of these things like, expire in three years. So, hey, you never know. That's what I, yeah, that's what I was saying. Oh, oh. my God. That, that's the joke, Spencer. I, <laughs> that was a whoosh moment for me. This week's episode of Code Completion is brought to you by Pennant. Calling all sports fans. Want to keep track of the season, but there's so many teams and not enough time? Check out Pennant. Pennant provides sports standings at a glance. 
Pennant displays league standings as a simple bar chart where the best teams rise to the top throughout the season. Of course, you can dig in deeper with team stats, game results, and more. Version 10 introduced the all-new customizable My Pennant View, where you can build a wide selection of visualizations for any sport, division, or team. Unlike Pennant Premium, to add as many blocks as you'd like and put all, all or any of them on your home screen as a widget. Whether you follow MLB, NFL, NBA, NHL, or MLS, Pennant has you covered with more sports and leagues coming soon. Thank you so much to Pennant for sponsoring Code Completion. Download Pennant today on the iOS App Store. Now that we've gone through our topics, it's time for Complete the Code, where we quiz our listeners on your knowledge of Swift, Apple, and all things development. Spencer? Yep. Uh, so last week we had a networking question. Uh, it was, why could the data task handler not get a response back from the server? Uh, and we have a winner who is friend of the show, Dan Morse, who simply writes dot resume, uh, which is 100% correct. And I think we can all collectively as co-hosts and probably every other iOS developer say that we have forgotten this many times. At least I always during a refactor, (laughs) always during a refactor. I leave it out. I'm like, why is nothing working anymore? I think it's the most classic. I forgot to do this and have (laughs) a large, you know, issue happen. It's setting the breakpoints inside and then slowly going outside and outside until you're like, why is this? Oh, that's right. Oh, uh, no. Yep. <laughs> I, yep. It's... Say no to technology, kids. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this week we have a Swift UI question for you. Uh, as always, if you're listening to the podcast, uh, you can check the podcast art or the show notes to follow along. Um, so we have a Swift UI body. Uh, with an if-else statement checking the value of a property called is logged in. Uh, if true, we build a text view that says you are logged in, while if it's false, we build a text view that says you must first log in. Uh, why is the SwiftUI code not advisable, and how can you fix it? So can you complete the code? Tweet your answers to us with hashtag complete the code, all one word, and the first to get it right will get a shout-out on next week's show. So with all that out of the way, it's time for a good friend compiler error, a segment where I get to test my fellow completionist knowledge about Swift, Apple, and all things development. And today we have a theme, and that is Git. Oh, Git. I was I was going to guess litigation. Litigation. <laughs> no. App Store guidelines. Have we had it? Uh... <laughs> oh, no. We have had an App Store We have, guidelines. yeah. That yeah, one. that's right. I remember. Uh, so we have uh, four Git-related statements for both of you today. Uh, let's go with the first one. Git what changed dash dash since equals two weeks ago will show a log of commit messages that have been made since two weeks ago. Nice and simple. Git add dash p will allow you to stage hunks of code interactively from the command line. Statement number three. Git work tree add allows you to check out a specific branch to a separate directory. And statement number four. Git grog generates an ASCII art graphical log showing branch points leading up to the current commit. So graphical log grog. <laughs> uh, so, uh, Fernando, since it's been a while, why don't you go first? Uh-huh. Yes, it's obviously number three. He says this with confidence. <laughs> at, this point, at this point, I need like a... Four-sided die. Can you even get a four-sided die? Yes, it's a, you can. Pyramid. It's a pyramid. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Perfect. Yes. And I just need to have it here in my desk and just throw it. 
throw you in. Need, you need the, dice by keep peacock. Oh yeah, that I've seen. Oh, I I just follow uh, the peacock guy because like those die screenshots are amazing. Yeah. You should too. <laughs> it's mostly um, ducks and bananas, but there's dice in, as well. <laughs> yeah. James Thompson is awesome. No, I actually have literally no idea. The one that that I guess doesn't make sense is number three, because. I would guess Git work tree add. You... No, that's wrong. And that's, yeah, that's it. That's all I have. Okay, so three is wrong. Uh, Spencer. <laughs> yeah, this just showcases how little I know about Git uh, beyond the basics. Uh, this is embarrassing. I'm going to, yeah, okay. So, like, I'm kind of debating between one and four. Uh, I don't know if it can, I, I've never looked at Git source code, so I don't know if it can take, you know, a, a natural language string and turn it into an amount of time. That's kind of my my thought process there. Also, what changed seems like a really long command. I don't know. Um, and Git grog seems like it should be Git glog if it's going to be a graphical log. So I, I'm, at least that's what I would name it, but I am no, uh, no expert on Git. Um, let's go with one, I guess. Ooh. Mm, equally excellent choice. Yeah, so they're both bad. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know if I, if I change what I say depending on what I know to be the truth or not, so... I guess one day someone will do a meta-analysis of every right. <laughs> compiler error we've ever done and say, give you the the inside scoop. You can run a little mini neural network on a piece of paper and say, okay, based on how Dimitri has presented this, this is how you know <laughs> you got it right or wrong. Uh, so let's start with number four, since you both agree this uh, seems legitimate. Uh, Git grog generates an ASCII art graphical log showing branch points leading up to uh, the current commit. Uh, so you both believe uh, this to be true, and it is unfortunately uh, the compiler error. So good job, Spencer, for almost guessing this. Uh, you get a little brownie nothing points for that. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm trying to look it up. So uh, there is a, a command that will give you a graphical uh, log, um, like with the branch points and all that, and that is just git log dash dash graph. And then you can add all sorts of extra stuff in there for uh, a brief commit message and all that. Um, so that does technically exist. And you can make your own git grog if you want with a git alias. I was so, just going to say, well, um, what if I have an you alias? You can make a glog <laughs> instead. Uh, but it is not one of the de facto uh, porcelain, I think they call it. Uh, they have weird names for git. Um, in term, there's like the plumbing and then there's the porcelain. The plumbing is like the underlying commands that actually do the work. And then the porcelain is just a, a shell, basically, a shell script. Um, but yeah, so this is not a real command. So sorry, both of you. Uh, but we can take these one by one uh, and go to statement number three. And git work tree add is actually super cool. It allows you to um, uh, check out specific branches to individual folders. But the underlying git repo itself will be shared within that original one. Um, so you don't have to duplicate the whole history across your different checkouts. Um, 
So uh, unlike cloning a local repo, so if you didn't know, you can say git clone and then put a file path there. Um, that will create hard links to all the individual objects in Git, uh, which is also not ideal. Uh, this will just keep it all in one place. Um, so uh, that's super neat, especially when you want to check out um, someone else's code and you don't really want to unstage stuff and stuff like that, which is always a pain. Git Worktree Add, uh, super neat. Nice. Uh, git add p is also super neat. I thought this was always only possible within a graphical user interface, uh, but it will go ahead and interactively ask you about which hunks hunks of code. So they're uh, handsome hunks <laughs> of code there, and you can go ahead and choose. I want to commit this. I don't want to commit this, uh, etc. And there are like special letters you can press in the process. Um, so that was also neat that I didn't know about. So to. To add to what you said, Spencer, I didn't know about any of these. I just looked up weird Git commands and oh, okay. what came up. That makes me feel a so, little better. <laughs> <laughs> don't feel too bad. Uh, and Git what changed uh, since two weeks ago? Uh, so Git what changed is actually soft deprecated in term like in favor of Git log. It will actually tell you this in the help, but it does exactly what it says. Uh, and then the natural language processing the since two weeks ago. Um, is actually supported all throughout Git, so you can rebase oh. across a commit from two weeks ago, uh, and that will just figure out what the closest commit was. And I think that is super awesome. That's so, way cool. Uh, I never need to use that because I always have like the commit ID that I'm interested in <laughs> rebasing against, so I don't know when you would want to specifically use this, but you can use it anywhere a Git reference is asked for, including on GitHub uh, desktop. So if you want to compare code to two weeks ago, you can just type in two weeks ago as your branch name, and it should figure that out, which wow. is pretty neat. Uh, Git does a lot of fancy stuff. And apparently it only works with English, I would assume, if it has all this hard-coded in. Uh, so sorry, other language developers. You have to continue coding in English. Uh, if you want to use these particular lines. Yep. Uh, so sorry, both of you. Uh, better luck next time. As always, I want to personally thank everyone for listening in this week. Uh, please be sure to follow us on Twitter at Code Completion to know when new episodes get released, and feel free to tweet at us if there's a topic you'd like for us to dig into. Most importantly, as a small podcast, please be sure to share this with your friends and family who are also interested in any part of the process of app development. It's your support that enables us to continue doing this, and we hope to grow a healthy community around everything we discuss. Once again, I want to give my thanks to Spencer, who is at Spencer C. Curtis. That's S-P-E-N-C-E-R-C-C-U-R-T-I-S on Twitter, and Fernando, who is at From Junior to Senior, that's F-R-O-M-J-R-T-O-S-R on Twitter, for joining me this week. My name, once again, is Dimitri, and you can find me at Dimitri Buniel, that's D-I-M-I-T-R-I-B-O-U-N-I-O-L, and we'll see you all next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.